Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. The Cania Sada is in vivo. That's right. This is a live broadcast of the Bleed Lows podcast. It is the trade deadline is about eight minutes away. We're going to say I'm sure there's going to be trades that are going to trickle in after the three o'clock deadline. So we're here because we're going to break the news to you guys. So um, chime in. Let us know what you guys think about what's going on with the lack of trades or the, the trades the Dodgers have already made. Um, before we start the show, let me just let you know that this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so... Let's uh we had some breaking news right now, Cody. Who did the Baltimore Orioles just get? Jack Flaherty. So oh. Jack Flaherty is now off the board, fans. Uh Jack Flaherty is no longer an option for the Dodgers. Cody, do we know what the Orioles gave up yet? I'm refreshing my Twitter. <laughs> but Passan just has the deal. Let, right let me just uh, let everybody know. Roger is live at Dodger Stadium right now. Uh, so anything that breaks at Dodger Stadium, uh, Babyface will go ahead and let us know. Uh, but uh, so far, Jack Flaherty is officially off the board. We are six minutes away from the deadline. Uh, as you all know, the n- breaking news as of late is Rodriguez from the Tigers of Detroit vetoed a, a trade to the Dodgers. I want to get your thoughts on this real quick, Cody, because Babyface and I were talking. I think the Dodgers dodged a bullet with Rodriguez. And you're the stats guy. And I know you're going to explain to me why I'm right. Tell me why I'm right, Cody, that the Dodgers dodged a bullet here with Rodriguez. You know, I think Erod was one of those types of pitchers that was hit or miss. A lot of these guys that are getting traded are pretty hit or miss, in my opinion. Like Flaherty. That would have been nice. That's good. I mean, we've seen his when he's going good. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But 2019 was a long time ago. And Erod, he's been having a little bit of injuries this year, which is something that the Dodgers rotation doesn't need to be trading for. And, I mean, the stats this year back it up. I mean, he's on a contract that's favorable towards the Dodgers where I think they could decline his option or he can opt out one or the other. Um, so that's probably why the Dodgers were interested, but I just, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't get him. It would have been nice, I guess, for insurance, but I'm okay that he rejected the trade. Um, but yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, The reason why I was glad that he vetoed the trade is, have you guys seen his numbers outside of the AL central? Like his numbers are not pretty. And it was funny. And my compadre reached out to me when the news broke that he had vetoed the trade. And he's like, do you have any idea why he wouldn't want to go to the Dodgers? And I automatically assumed he doesn't want to pitch on the West coast. So it's like, why would you have somebody who doesn't want to be there pitching on the team? And plus his numbers outside of the AL central are horrible. And what does that tell us? The AL central is not known for an offensive juggernaut. Now, the the Royals of Kansas City, the Guardians, the Tigers of Detroit. It's not like any of those teams have great offenses. So the fact that he's had a lot of success against those teams, but when he goes outside of the division, he's a different pitcher. 
that's not who the Dodgers need right now. And I and I get it. The Dodgers are just trying to get to the deadline. I mean, to the end of the season. We're going to get into this later, but right now we're just all focusing on mind-numbing trade talk, hot stove. Last, I'm telling you, even though we're going to get, we are now three minutes away from the deadline. I think we're still going to hear deals happening after three o'clock. But for me, those are the reasons why I'm happy that the Dodgers are not, uh, they didn't get Erod. Uh, I mean, I just, I was afraid what he was going to do for, for this team. Um, any uh, baby face, do we have any breaking news? Any new uh, trade updates? Uh, nothing new. Um, there was mentioned that they could still work something out with Erod, but we were talking about it. I mean, we don't want that to happen. Latest is that they're talking to the Red Sox about James Paxton and the White Sox are still open to trading seats. So that has to go down the next couple minutes. So uh, real quick, I want to give everybody the heads up because if, if the Dodgers end up getting Paxton, Babyface is going to be incorrigible because he was saying from the beginning that the Dodgers were going to end up with Paxton. So I'm just preparing you guys that if, Right now it breaks that the Dodgers have gotten Paxton. You're not going to hear the end of it from Babyface. And, and Lance Lynn, remember? I said they were going to get either like a Lance Lynn guy or probably like a James Paxton guy, and here we yeah. are. Okay, so while we're handing out points, I want to give a, I want to hand out Cody's points because Cody, when he's been on the show, has been saying from the beginning there's not going to be big trades. If anything, it's going to be more guys going out than coming in. Uh, Cody, do you want to take your victory lap right now? Because unless something happens in the last two minutes, it looks like you were right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of just looking at the way the deadline was shaping up. Um, it looked like it was a seller's market. You know, a lot of these guys are getting overvalued just because not many teams are selling right now. And the Dodgers, I still think in their mind are banking on these guys coming back from the 60 day IL and performing. They did it last year and it, it bit them during the playoffs, but they're kind of just hoping you throw the same stuff on the wall. You hope it sticks at least once. And with Bueller looking like he's progressing pretty well. Um, I assume that they're going to maybe make him an opener. Cause there's no way he's going to be ready to pitch multiple innings in the playoffs. Um, you would be happy that he, that he gives you three strong innings if that's the case. And then we talked about it before. There was no shot, and it was known around the league that Syndergaard basically threw his last pitch before he went on the IL. Um, so the Dodgers offloading his contract and just getting him off the roster. I mean, that's a win. A lot of Dodger fans are happy for that. Um, got a huge upside guy with Rosario, which, I mean, he's done okay in his, his past two, like two, three games that he's played. Um but yeah, you know, it's just this isn't the year to go crazy and deplete the farm that a lot of fans want. Um, and the Dodgers know that, so they're they're kind of just retooling the roster, kind of looking to the future. And I've kind of been on that board the entire year. So breaking I, breaking news from Bob Nightingale. Yes. So take that with a grain of salt. Exactly, a grain of salt. He said uh, Dylan Cease will not be moved. Well. <laughs> Man, Captain Obvious, man. I, 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 you know, that's that's Bob Nightingale. I think, uh, Cody, you bring up a very interesting point, and I want to deal with it, but I just want to let everyone know it is now three o'clock. We are at the deadline, so technically the trade trade deadline is over and done with. And what the Dodgers have to show for it right now is Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Kike Hernandez, and Ahmed Rosario. Now. We can still have trades coming in after three o'clock. As long as they were reported to the league before three o'clock and approved, um, we just may not have news uh, for it yet. But right now, it is not Dodger fans who are on here watching us. Please throw in your comments. I want to hear from you because I know Dodger fan is not going to be happy. I I, I know they are not going to be happy at all unless we hear another pitcher being named but Cody brought up a very interesting point that I've been asking myself since we were getting closer to the trade deadline, trade deadline. is this a team that you go in on because we saw the prices that these pitchers I mean 
the Rangers ended up giving up Okunia's brother, who is a very, you know, I guess people are very high on him for Max Scherzer. I mean, you had to give up a lot. And I feel like this is the thing that kills me. When Giolito went to the Angels, the Angels gave up, what, their second and their third prospect? And someone had said if those prospects were in the Dodgers farm system, it would be like the sixth prospect. So we've been saying this on this show all season long. The Dodgers are paying a very different price. And do you give up these trade chips when there clearly wasn't supposed to be a, well, there clearly wasn't a game changer out there in the market. Hey, look, La Reina de Playa Larga is joining us. She is uh, on her way to actually Dodger Stadium. And just to remind everyone, Babyface is at Dodger Stadium right now. And so La Reina de Playa Larga asked the question, who are you supposed to get in this market? Verlander was the only pitcher left and has only been consistent recently. Reina has a, poses, poses a very good question. Uh, because the other thing with Verlander is Verlander controlled that deal. Verlander had a no trade clause. So even if the Dodgers offered a better deal than what the Astros offered, if Verlander didn't want to go to Dodger Stadium, if he didn't want to pitch for the Dodgers, that deal wasn't happening. And this is the other thing that I need to stress to everybody, because again, it is now 303. We are past the trade deadline. If we don't hear a big name or anything that we think might help, Dodger fans are going to be pissed tonight. But just remember, guys, it takes two to tango. I don't think anybody is going to help the Dodgers. Nobody's going to go out of their way to help the Dodgers. Babyface, you are at Dodger Stadium right now. What is the vibe like at Dodger Stadium? Is there still hope right now? You're on mute, babyface. I mean, right now, I mean, I think everybody's kind of just hopeful that there's going to be a last-minute trade coming in or something. But, I mean, I'm starting to get the vibe, yeah, that people are starting to get upset, that nothing happened, everything stayed the same. But, I mean, like you were saying, though, I mean, when I saw that Jolito trade, that they they got their number two and number three. Yeah. And, you know, I know that in, in the Dodgers farm system, they'd be further down on that list. But what if the White Sox said, you know what, we want, top five players for these guys, then what to the Dodgers, then what do you do? Do you really want to give your top five, you know, guys in your top five for, for someone like Giolito? Like what if teams are doing that to the Dodgers? They're going, you know, we want, you know, we're asking teams for a top five prospect. You want the same from you. So I think the Dodgers are paying that higher price because their players are ranked higher. But here's also the thing that we need to take into consideration is the evaluation Maybe these other teams value these other teams' prospects more than the Dodgers. And I, I want to throw this out there to you, Cody. Was this, I, I get, is this the year to go all in with this team? But is was this the year to trade Cartaya? I am concerned that maybe Cartaya's value is starting to go down, especially with the season that he's having in double A. Yeah, you know, that's, pretty interesting that you bring that up because the angels were kind of in a similar situation where they traded their prospect that went to Giolito was their catcher. And that position, um, the Ohapi he's injured right now, but they kind of see him as the future of the catching position. So I, so they traded a position of strength, even though he was highly ranked, you know, they got Giolito, someone that they didn't desperately need, but they, it could help them on their playoff front for Cartaya. I mean, he's been touted as one of the best like catching prospects that the Dodgers have ever had. But when you have Will Smith, that's the front of the catching position. I feel like they kind of missed their shot to trade him while his value was extremely high because this year, and I believe it is he in double A or triple A he's been doing pretty awful at the plate. And it seems that a lot more teams are interested in other position players when it comes up in these trade talks and Cartaya, if you asked two years ago, Cartaya's name was mentioned prominently this year. The names you were hearing were Bobby Miller Emmett Sheehan, Michael Bush, perhaps maybe uh, Miguel Vargas, because since he got optioned down. Um, so yeah, you could say that the Dodgers missed their opportunity in trading him while his value was super high. Um, or it just means that they were never going to trade him to begin with. So 
Um, it's just kind of how they evaluate it. Uh, yeah, I, he's in double A. He's in Tulsa. And so here's the thing that I think is becoming very clear. It seems that the Dodgers top prospects and the farm system are all pitchers. And they probably are very nervous about trading pitchers, especially, you know, with with how this rotation is this year. I mean, where would we be without Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan? I mean, these are guys. I mean, Bobby Miller, I think, was projected to be up probably around this time, but nobody was expecting Emmett Sheehan to be up there. And then you still you hear these names down in the farm system, like Landon Knack and other names and names I've never heard of. So, uh, look, I, I know it's coming because here's the thing, right, babyface? This is not about what's going to help us win the division. This is about what's going to help us win the World Series. And the way this team is built right now, I don't think anybody is confident that if they get into the playoffs, that this is a team that's going to win. I, I mean, the hope is that Urias figures things out and turns things around and becomes dominant. If Urias does that, if Kershaw comes back healthy, you know, Gonsolin is the riddle that will always be a riddle, in my opinion. Bueller, it's going to be very interesting how they end up using Bueller if they do end up using him as an opener. But babyface, the way this team is built right now, are you confident? You know, because I think they have enough to win the division. But when they go into that playoff, like if they end up playing the Rojos again in the playoffs, are you confident? Because to me, it is obvious that matchup against the Rojos is not a good, a favorable one for the Dodgers. The Rojos won four out of six against the Dodgers this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's what's tough right now is is that rotation, right? I mean, I think that rotation is still it's still even okay. They added Lance Lynn, and then maybe Pepio's coming back, right? And then Kershaw, and then maybe they get a couple innings from Bueller. I mean, it's still very much taped together and that that has always been a strength of the Dodgers that rotation and right now you know if you go into the playoffs the way it looks like that rotation isn't strong so I mean I don't know if they're gonna expect to try and outscore teams or not but like you said you know if they met if they match up with the Reds I mean the Reds like have come out of nowhere and they're just they're a really strong team and we saw that just this past weekend it's like they're 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 going to be a tough team, not just for the Dodgers. I think for a lot of teams, they're 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 coming on really strong right now. So, remains to be seen. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to look like, you know, come playoff time. And I haven't even mentioned the best team in the National League, the Bravos. So uh, this is me just saying they can't match up against the Rojos. If they end up getting to the Bravos, I mean that that's that's going to be tough. So it, it's going to be interesting to me how they finish off the rest of the season. I, I, hearing what Cody has said, hey, maybe they're planning on these guys coming back. I just, I got flashbacks to last year. This is exactly, this is the definition of insanity, is it not? We are doing the same thing every year. And it, it's like, look, this is what works for us. We are sticking to it. But the formula, I think, has repeatedly proven it works in the regular season. It doesn't work in the postseason. Um, do we That's have any? We, we have, have a trade. All right, babyface, come in. Breaking so, news. The New York Mets are acquiring alien Phil Bickford and Adam Kolarik. Oh, okay. So I want to bring this up right now about Phil Bickford. Uh, and this is why you guys need to follow us on our social media accounts. Um, we have found out that, you know, the government last week showed us all that there is aliens. There is proof of aliens. So I had asked the Dodger players... Um, if there are aliens amongst us and they're undercover as humans, who in the Dodgers clubhouse would be an alien? And across the board, I think almost unanimously, Phil Bickford won. And then the next day, Phil Bickford got DFA'd. So this is the kind of journalism that you get from the Bleed Those podcasts. We ask the tough questions. We ask the questions that nobody wants to ask. And we're the ones that outed Phil Bickford as an alien. And now he's going to be the New York Mets problem. Uh, Cody, I, I have to ask you right now, if we don't hear it is three eleven. if we don't hear any more news about trades, I, I, how does Friedman, 
let me ask you this. Put on your GM hat. How is Friedman going to come out here and defend the fact that they did not get a pitcher when it was clearly a need? You know, it, before I get to that, that just that trade that just happened just proved my point even more. They traded away two more guys that they DFA'd um, <laughs> to clear some roster space. But, you know. Another point for Cody. There you go. There you go. Cody was saying this from the beginning, folks. All right. This is why you got to listen to this show. <laughs> Because we have knowledge like this. You know, Freeman, I mean, he doesn't really owe many fans an explanation just for his track record in the past. Like this year, I think the way the trade deadline was and how it shaped up, it kind of wasn't a market to sell. Like the, the, I'm not selling the farm for these types of players. But when you're desperate for pitching, I mean, he did pick up a guy who was leading innings um, automatically on the team. Lance Lynn clears everybody on the rotation with the most innings. Yeah, he has an ERA over six, but the thing we've been beating on the head here is that we just need some guys that are just going to pitch some innings. You get to October, you figure it out some way or another with how many arms you've got. Another problem that they had is left-handed hit, um, hitting left-handed pitching. And they got two guys that hit left-handed pitching pretty well. I know. And like everyone loves Kiki. He's coming back. Maybe a change of scenery does well, but he does have okay numbers against lefties. Rosario has pretty good numbers against lefties as well. It kind of gives you some more infield depth. Um, so it's not – you can't be super happy about the deadline with nothing else happening, um, but you can't be angry if you're a realist like how we are and we see what the, what the team's actually doing. I think it's a f- okay trade deadline. Obviously, you're not going to beat the trade deadlines that we've had in years past where we're getting superstar after superstar – but that's not how it works every year. You have to work towards that. And the Dodgers know what they're doing. Um, so I'm confident that they didn't want to overpay for the deals. Cause you looked at some of the names that are being thrown out there. Like speaking of Verlander, was it possible? Yes. He did want to go to the Astros, which, you know, I, I don't blame him. He's been there for a while. Um, but a lot of Mets fans, and I bet you the Mets brass was also asking the first thing that popped out of their mouth was Bobby Miller. I guarantee you when they answered that, phone call they just said okay never mind then and they hung yeah. up and I don't want to trade Bobby Miller yeah he's at, he's got an ERA before he struggled a little bit but I mean this is a guy who's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball um she and I would have been okay giving up but I don't think Bobby Miller though so I think Andrew Freeman and the Dodgers front office they saw this and that they said you know we're happy with the team we got right now we're going to bet on some of these guys coming back it may work, it may not work, but, you know, you can't knock them for just trying to do what they've done before that's worked in years past. You know, Cody, you bring up a very interesting point, and I'm glad that you're the level-headed person on this show in the sense when you say you can't be mad at Andrew Friedman because I thought with what happened at the end of this last season with the playoffs and now with what's going on here with the trade deadline, I thought Friedman's going to get some heat for this. Because we are in this position, whether he deserves it or not, I think people are going to view it. We are in this position because of the moves that he made. Now, one of the things, and I know I'll probably get, I'm going to get heat for this because it's like you're using it as an excuse, Juan, is the injuries. If Dustin May doesn't get hurt, if Ryan Pepio doesn't get hurt, if they don't have the injuries, is this team in a much better place at this point in the year? And that is something that unfortunately, yeah, you're supposed to factor in and that's where your depth comes in, but they just didn't have the depth this year to, to overcome that. Um, so I, I think he deserves a pass on that, but the Syndicate thing was a huge mess. And let me throw it out to you guys. I know I'm not allowed to say this guy's name, but fuck it. I'm going to say it. This is the ghost of Trevor Bauer. You know, they signed a dude and there was a lot of money. They're still paying him. And because of that, isn't it now this is where we 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 feel the, the ramifications of that deal because of where their payroll is at? Or, or am I wrong there, Cody? No, I mean, I said it when it was announced that not only were the Dodgers going to have to pay him for this year, but for the back pay for the previous years, it put him in a a hole you know and it was a guy at the time that they signed to a multi-year deal which is where he would still be pitching 
I, I'm pretty sure if he didn't do anything in his past, he would still be pitching at a pretty well level. And the Dodgers expected that. They gave him a contract for that very reason. And, you know, when they announced that he was going to get the salary the Dodgers were going to have to cover, it kind of – they had to change course. And it kind of showed in the moves that they made in the offseason. It's showing in the moves that they made at this deadline where they would rather bank on these guys that are on controllable contracts, a couple hundred thousand dollars, than the millions of dollars that they would have to shell out when they bring these guys in for um, the mid-year trades. Um, so, yeah, it, it is haunting them this season. Um, just another thing you can blame be mad at Trevor Bauer for. So, <laughs> Babyface, <laughs> am I off base there? Uh, do you think that the, the ghost of Trevor Bauer is, is affecting him right now? I mean, yeah, I mean, so I guess they didn't want to spend. Like, we kind of saw this, like, well, they're, they're not going to spend this season because of everything and, and the Shohei thing. I mean, if there's any good news maybe coming out, like if, if you are hoping for Shohei, it looks like the Dodgers might have that inside track now on Shohei for next year because uh, Scherzer came out today saying that the, it looked like the Mets, their plan is for 25 and beyond. Yeah. So if there's no Mets involved for, for Shohei next year, Dodgers can pretty much outbid anybody. So, I mean, that's good news, right? If you're looking for Shohei to come to LA, I, I think that's the only way you can spin it. I, I think you can spin it here in that, once again, we've said this on this show many times. It is the Shohei Otani show. Shohei needs to come and save the small market Dodgers. We don't, you know, we need saving here. I, I want to acknowledge David Wants a Taco chiming in because. I think what David is saying is a legitimate criticism, and that is David Wansataco says, I feel like the Dodgers' main business mode is paying injured pitchers. We build a team around injured pitching every year. It's so weird. I, I think David is right, because how many pitchers can you name that we sign that are either coming back from injury or are injured, but it'll be healthy in the middle of the year? I mean, Daniel Hudson was great. I would love to have Daniel Hudson in this bullpen. But what happened? Daniel Hudson came back. He pitched, what, two games? And then he went on the injured list. Jimmy Nelson is taking up a roster spot on the 40-man that I just don't understand. Um, you know, the, what's that? Dodgers made a move. Okay. Here, breaking news, everybody. Do, 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 do. Go ahead, babyface. Give me some good news. Oh, God. <laughs> so the, the Dodgers have acquired Ryan Yarbrough. And I guess that's how you say it. Yar, Yarborough. Ryan the, Yarborough, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, pitching for the Royals in, or in the, the Rays in 2020. Wait, so he's a reliever, isn't he? He's uh, a starter reliever. He's done both. <laughs> there you go, everybody. That is our big – now we got to play the game of musical chairs. So now who else is getting sent down? Who who can we say is an alien and is getting DFA'd now to make room for Ryan Yarbrough? I'm trying to think of an odd man out in the bullpen. Because I think he was starting games for Kansas City because when he was on Tampa, he was a relief pitcher. He was called up as a starter, but he was moved to the bullpen just because he didn't have the stamina to be a starter. And he, he throws pretty fast. I think he throws high 90s, 100 miles per hour. But I'm not too sure he would replace in the bullpen right now. Look, as much as we're sitting here harping on Friedman and all that stuff, I, I do, once again, I want to give Cody credit because he's the logical one on this. I think they were in a tough spot in terms of this trade deadline. I never thought the Arenado thing was real. <laughs> Even though we had Juan Toribio on the show telling us it was real, I just like... Look, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have Arenado on this team, but does that really help this? And, and in the end, do you want Arenado for a couple more years who is starting to show signs of regression? Or do you want to go and get Otani, which is another gamble, a huge risk, because I don't know how much longer Otani can do this. I don't know how much longer Otani can can I mean you saw examples? He's been cramping up a little, a lot late lately, and maybe it's because of the weather, the extreme weather we've had all over the country. But the amount of energy that he exerts, pitching and hitting at the same time, I think is going to have a toll on his on on his body. I mean, 
I get the daily reminders of what Cody Bellinger is doing in Chicago. And I always tell people if he was on the Dodgers, he would not be doing this right. Babyface. He would not be playing the way he's playing right now. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a unicorn. So, I mean, he, he might be, you know, I mean, if we, we saw uh, yesterday with, uh, with uh, Noah, with Syndergaard, did you see he made his first start for the Guardians? Let, let's go and, ahead and talk about that. Let, let, let's talk. I mean, and, because and I, I know Dodger fan was pissed to see well, that. I, I posted it just saying, hey, you know, he had a pretty good start. And the reaction I got, a lot of people were either pissed about it, some were like, oh, good for him, or trying to somehow tear it down somehow. It was just like, hey, you know, he, he went five, five and one-third innings, two hits, no runs. But he didn't have no strikeouts. So people were like, oh, he didn't strike nobody out. He didn't and he got hit hard, some loud outs. And like and, yeah. and he left. I guess he got a comeback off his leg and he had to leave the game. But I'm right. like, I'm thinking like, who cares? The guy gave him five innings. I mean, he got into the sixth, no runs. I mean, I don't right now, if you're the Dodgers, you take that, right? You take a guy, you're starting going into the sixth, no runs. And you know, who knows? I mean, it was, yeah, one start. Who knows if he's gonna continue to do that? But yeah. Dodger fans weren't too happy with with that that outcome yesterday. Well, I what I think was more interesting, and I want to throw this to you, Cody, is what Syndergaard said. Syndergaard basically said, you know, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, and they messed me up. They just needed to leave me alone. And I mean, I'm summarizing this. I mean, he didn't. Yeah. This isn't what he said word for word. But basically, what he was saying is, is if they would just let, leave me alone and let me pitch the way I want to pitch, then I'm good. I'm wondering if the guardians are taking that approach with him and be like, Hey, go ahead. Now this is one start. So welcome to overreaction city, everybody. But I will tell you this. If you start seeing more of this from Syndergaard, Doyer fan is going to lose their mind. Cody, what did you think of what actually Syndergaard said? I read briefly about it. Um, You know, he's probably just frustrated with himself this whole year, probably the past couple of years. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, we even talked about it and he, you know, he was ecstatic to join the Dodgers for saying everything they turn, they touch turns to gold. You know, they fixed countless pitchers throughout their history, but there's also been other guys that they couldn't fix. And there's always that gamble. And it's like how you mentioned the, the comment earlier, you know, they're trying to – they take an island of misfit toys and they try to fix it and put put a rotation out there. And a lot of times it works for a good year or two, and then they pretty much pump all the good baseball out of them, and then they ship them away. Yeah. And that is a recipe that's worked for a lot of teams, specifically those low-budget teams like the Tampa Bay Rays who don't hold on to all these players, and that's what Andrew Freeman was built on. And – Syndergaard, you know, I thought he had a lot of high upside. I never thought he was going to be like Thor in New York uh, pumping 100, 100 mile per hour sinkers by you because it's just the injury he had and the track record he's had since that injury didn't indicate that. Um, it also can be frustrating as a player having a bunch of guys talk to you in one ear, the other ear. The Dodgers have a coaching staff that you probably can't even put on one sheet of paper for just pitching. <laughs> and that can be frustrating when you're saying, all right, they're telling me these things. They're showing me these, these stats. They're looking into the analytics and I'm doing that, but it's not showing on the field. So then at the end of the day with the season he's having, you know, I would probably be like, you know, I'm going to throw all that out the window. I'm just going to do what I think is best. And if that's what the guardians are, the guardians are in a situation similar to the Dodgers where, their rotation's super young and they just need somebody to go out there and they traded their most dependable arm to the Rays yesterday. And Syndergaard looks like that he's going to be that innings eater that the Dodgers needed, but it looks like the Dodgers were just over the Syndergaard experiment. So, you know, but yeah. And that, that's all Dodgers really needed from Syndergaard. Like when we talked about it, maybe like two weeks ago when Syndergaard was rehabbing, and I really thought, you know what, they're probably going to bring him back up. They're going to give him another shot, see how it goes. Because, I mean, at that time, you didn't expect either they're going to DFA him or nobody expected they were going to trade him, right? But I thought he would have got another shot in L.A. and see what, you know, if anything got fixed or not. But, um, but yeah, I mean. And I, I think just because of the comments, like, 
the fact that they didn't give him another opportunity, maybe there was something going on behind the scenes. Like, I'm not going to go say, yeah, he was overly about to fight coaches, but there could have been some things where he said, you know, it's just not working. Like, if we can make a deal, like, to get me somewhere else, that's fine. The Dodgers, he probably read stuff on Twitter. You say players don't read this stuff on Twitter. I bet you he saw all the hate on Twitter. You think he wanted to come back to L.A. after all the stuff he saw Rogers say? I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> so that's what you got to expect. I mean, players are human. So if he's as frustrated, I mean, he doesn't owe the Dodgers anything. Like, they signed under the contract. If he wants to move on, he wants to move on. So that's pretty much the end of the story with him. So you wish him well in, in uh, Cleveland, you know, but – you know, the Dodgers were prepared to move on and, you know, they took a similar player and I wrote in the article yesterday, you know, Lynn isn't the best pitcher this year either. And yeah. they're asking him to be the exact same thing they hope Syndergaard would have done, which is just give them innings. So that's the only deal where I'm kind of like, all right, well, what was the Dodgers thinking here? They got rid of a guy with a seven ERA and brought in someone with a six year, right? Like, I, I don't know what they were thinking. They're, they're so. playing chess, Cody. That's what the Dodgers are doing. They're playing chess. I mean, look, for me, I think what's very interesting, and Toribio convinced me of this, trade them all. Trade them all. I, I just Bobby Miller is the only guy I wouldn't trade because Bobby Miller has been in the major leagues now, and he has proven that he can hold his own. And I only expect Bobby Miller to get better. I only expect him to to figure things out. I mean, this dude has four pitches. So you want everybody else? Take them. But Bobby Miller is a guy that I that I wouldn't have traded. But everyone else, I would trade just because what are they going to do? Like, I know it's all doom and gloom right now, guys, because they didn't get what was clearly a need. A big, a big pitcher that maybe would give you confidence going into the postseason. I think that's what the fans wanted is somebody that was going to go ahead and, and help you. I still had think they have enough to win the division. Now come to playoffs. I'm, I, I'm not confident. I, I am not confident at all, but it very, it interests me what they're going to do in the off season because Muncie's going to be up. Are they going to bring Muncie up? If you're not going to trade guys like Michael Bush and you sent down Miguel Vargas, does this mean Next year, you're going to give these guys a shot because if you're not going to give them a shot, then what are we doing here? Is there maybe something in the offseason? Do they maybe trade? Yeah, they didn't trade any of these guys now because they didn't think there was anything out there that was equal value. But maybe in the offseason, they engage some other teams and they're going to get more value for these guys, especially after we find out whether they get Otani or not, whether Urias resigns with them. I, I, I mean, the offseason to me now has just become very, very interesting what they're going to do. But it is clear with all these roster spots, they, I think they're getting to a point where it's like they need to decide what are they going to do with these kids, right, babyface? I mean, Michael Bush is killing it again down there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, this is kind of when I thought they would have made a move for, like, Michael Bush because, like I said, he's killing it in AAA. And, you know, I don't think we see Vargas again this season. So are they going to hold these guys into the offseason? Like you said, are they going to be maybe in the offseason look for a trade for these guys? Because, like, I mean, I'm sure those guys, if you ask Michael Bush, like, hey, what what do you want? Like, I'm sure he wants to come up. I mean, I'm sure he wants to play somewhere, right? If yeah. it's not going to be the Dodgers, he wants to be somewhere because I think he's proven and they owe it to him. You know, this guy's he doesn't belong there anymore. He belongs up in the in the show. And, you know, if the Dodgers aren't going to give him that opportunity, he definitely deserves to be given that opportunity somewhere. So, you know, Toribio, he brought up a good point with Arenado. And, you know, all that talk got me super excited just because, yes, the, the, the some of the stats that show that he's on, in the decline, which he, he's a player in his 30s. But me and my, my friend Jake on the Diamond Club, we talked behind the scenes and we said, you know, the, the names that are being thrown out there in a potential trade, was such a massive like overhaul of the roster. Like you had names like Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, prospects. Right. We were getting potentially like three of their players because there was it was going to be a massive trade. Those types of trades happen in the offseason. That's mm -hmm. very hard to get a trade deadline trade package that way. Cause even when we got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, we really only gave up two players that barely were on the roster. Right. In terms of 
oh, the Cardinals want to swap one of their bad contracts or with one of our bad contracts. We give them a couple of prospects. That's stuff that happens in the, like the winter meetings. So speaking of like just thinking about what's going to happen next offseason, like Michael Bush, they don't want to play him at third. Logically, he's been playing third in the minors before this year. I feel like that makes sense. Vargas is similar as well. And I don't think Muncie comes back. I mean, like he's been a fan favorite. He hits the long ball, but I don't think – I think another team would give him more money than the Dodgers would give him. Um, so you kind of have to see, all right, maybe the Dodgers' thought is, all right, let's hold on to our position players and we'll put them in the field. But when it comes to Bush, I don't know really what they're doing with Bush because, like we said, he's lighting up AAA. Like he doesn't belong down there anymore. I really did think he was going to get traded for somebody. Yeah. And maybe they just didn't – the stars didn't align. I mean, does he get called up in September call-ups? I don't think so. It would probably be an activation for Bueller. He would be that one guy that gets called up. So, I mean, in the offseason, that's probably when you'll start to see more of these names turn out there. It really just depends because say they don't sign Otani, they're going to have to pivot to find another type of guy. They could revisit the Nolan Arenado thing. I think the Cardinals were entertained. I don't think they were happy that the talks got out there because their GM was pretty upset about it. Uh, yeah. the fact that Mullen Arenado had to talk to the press about it. And it's just a matter of fact what's going to happen this winter. But, you know, it really just the names that you saw out there, that, that trade wasn't going to get done. But I really want to see what they're going to do with Bush. So it is now 3.33 out here on the West Coast. Uh, and no more news, right, Babyface? Nothing new. Um, I did see a, a positive on on Ryan Yarbrough. If you want, if you're into that, um, he has a 2.08 ERA over his last five starts. So there's a positive, right? On your new. Uh, so new so let me ask you this, Babyface: Are you now going to go with Urias, Gonsolin, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, and Yarborough? That's going to be your rotation. So Emmett Sheehan obviously is being sent down. Michael Grove is probably going to be sent down, right? That that's your rotation, babyface. I mean, it looks like unless we. I mean, I'm assuming that he's going to be a starter, right? He he's been starting with the Royals, so it looks like that's what they're going to ride with. You know, probably peppering guys like Pepio, and when Bueller comes in, kind of put him in there and kind of see what happens. So let me ask you this. Is this maybe another reason why they did not pull off a deal for a starter? Because now all of a sudden the rotation is going to get crowded. Because once Kershaw comes back, you now have Kershaw, you have Urias, you have Gonsolin, Lance Lynn, Yarborough, and then you have Bobby Miller. So you're going to have a six-person rotation, which the Dodgers have done before. What I'm getting myself to is... I don't think we've seen Bobby Miller ever pitch this amount of innings before. Is Bobby Miller going to have a phantom IL stint or is Bobby Miller going to be sent down? I want to prepare Dodger fans for this because when they lose their mind that Bobby Miller is getting sent down, Cody, you're laughing at me, but I'm trying to think the way Andrew Friedman thinks. Is that what's going to happen? I mean, I'm like 50, 50. I'm torn because I feel like, Minus two starts against the Giants and the Astros, which kind of just inflated his ERA. He's, he's been very serviceable, you know, two, three earned runs. And then when he first got caught up, he was lights out. I think they'll be conservative. And what I mean by that is I think the trades that they made, the, the way I'm just picturing in my head, if, if I was going to, if I'm Andrew Freeman, I'm playing GM right now. You got a bunch of starters who can't go deep in games. Yeah. You got a really deep bullpen. You've got maybe two dependable starters that can probably pitch past the fifth or sixth inning, and that's probably Kershaw and Lance Lynn. You got two pitchers that struggle in the first inning, and that's Lynn and Urias. You got Gonsolin who can't go more than maybe three or four without starting to get lit up. I feel like come playoff time or even maybe September, they're not going to be doing bullpen games, but they're going to be saying, All right, Urias is starting. Let's throw an opener out there. He gets in the second, gets us to the sixth. And then do the same thing with Gonsolin. Maybe Gonsolin piggybacks off of Sheehan or Sheehan piggybacks off Gonsolin. I think you're going to see a lot of matchup-based rotation. Like the only guys that are going to be getting their traditional starts are probably going to be 
Kershaw, I mean, Urias will still get his innings if he's pitching well. And then probably Lynn. That's probably the only two that I imagine are going to be going five or six every time. See, that's what concerns me. Because that, that recipe that you just talked about, when the bullpen has to cover five, four innings, the more, especially in a series, the more the other team sees these bullpen guys, the less effective the bullpen is going to be. And that that's, I feel like this is what happens every year. Friedman is very confident in that bullpen. And yet we can't get any length out of the starters. And then all of a sudden come the third or the fourth game in the series, the bullpen starts getting hit hard. And that's because the other team has seen these guys. Um, Babyface, that's the plan, right? That's what we're going to see is we're going to see, hopefully our starters give us five. I mean, that's the plan. Um, I mean, I was surprised, too. They didn't even pick up any bullpen pieces, it looks like, you know, coming today, like some other, you know, besides Kelly, you know, the other day, like they didn't Did you really... think they needed another bullpen piece? I mean, they always need pitching, right? They need starters. They need relievers. I mean, just just so some of these guys, like you said, that have been during the season have had issues. I mean, Bickford, okay, Bickford's out. Right. Uh, you know, so you kind of got to get those guys, kind of get some new pieces in there and but I mean, it looks like you know there's nothing else coming down, and a lot of a lot of other teams. The Padres made some moves, the Marlins made some moves. You know, nothing like big, but I think some reinforcements that are definitely going to help those those teams. And you know, we made those four moves prior. The Dodgers made those four moves prior last week. You know, it remains to be seen. You know, how much those guys are going to help them. Uh, yeah. you see the? Do you see the show pods in your rearview mirror? You know, the same show pods that you buried. Did you have you seen them yet? They're still buried. Okay. All right. I, I, agree. I wish I agree with Roger. I, they, they had I horrible, wish I had your confidence. They, they had you know, a horrible a loss last night. coming they, up this weekend. Did you see the loss last night? How they lost? That bases loaded, nobody out, and they couldn't score. So I mean all I'm saying is a sweep can fix a lot of things and can change things. Yeah, but but the and problem, we haven't even gotten to the fact that JD Martinez is gonna go on the IL. And I want my damn point because what did I say a few weeks ago? When they gave him rest, I said, don't mess around with this. These kind of hamstring things can linger. And sure enough, I mean, he was limping noticeably when they took him out of the game. He's going to the IL. You said two weeks, right? So we're on about a week now, right? Yeah, but they should have just let him, like, Call up Michael Bush. Make him DH. Right, Cody? I mean, now there's no excuse. Now there's no excuse, right? Yeah, I mean, he's batting, I think, what, the past two weeks? I think he was batting over 400, had a couple home runs. You know, he's won player of the week. I think he won player of the month down there this year, too. And he's been lighting it up down there. So you might as well just give him a shot. So is that the move we're going to see? Is Muncy's now going to be DHing and we're going to see Michael Bush at third? I don't know if they're going to put him at third because it just doesn't seem like they're comfortable with him at third. I feel like they have so much more confidence than Muncy at third, which – I mean, he's not the worst defensive third baseman, but I feel like Bush is a little more athletic. He's younger. I bet you he can cover more ground. And that was a position he played earlier in his his major league career in the minors. Um, but I definitely think, I mean, the no-brainer decision is to call up the best hitter in AAA to say, all right, well, he really just needs consistency at bats, and that's yes. a way to get consistent at bats, you know, so – and then they'll probably shuffle the DH role between Smith. You know, Austin Martin's going to start in a little more games. They didn't solve that issue. <laughs> oh, you so. said the trigger word on this show, Kenny. <laughs> uh, uh, Austin Barnes. But, you know, I, I imagine with Martinez likely going on the IL, that's what they're going to – they're kind of going to take the similar game plan with the DH they've had in the past uh, couple years they've had it. So, which is just a rotation of, all right, well, we like the guys bat in the lineup but he needs a rest day from the field, so here we go. So, Well, I, actually, the Padres did make one move that – and then they'll probably see him this weekend. They got Dick Mountain. Dick so, Mountain. Yeah. Dick so, Mountain is coming, and Dick Mountain's probably going to slap everyone in that Padres clubhouse. And watch, I'm telling you, the show pods are going to make a run. They're, they're going to make a run, and everybody's going to start – look, I, I feel yeah. the butt cheeks are already here- clenching – Juan, yeah, yeah. what what gives you that confidence? They have not won four games in a row all season. Dick Mountain, yeah. that's what Dick no. Mountain is. A, is a game changer. 
You guys love talk about what a clubhouse, what happens in a clubhouse, which I think is one of those things that, and Cody mentioned this, if they pulled off that Arenado deal, losing guys like Muncie, even if you had to lose both of them, Taylor and Muncie, those are huge guys in that clubhouse. Those are guys that have been in that team, on that team for a while. If you trade those guys, how do you think the rest of the team is going to react to that? I think Dick Mountain's going to go in there and tell the sh- those show pods guys, hey, get your head out of their ass. We're here to win games. And this is the time of year when the show pods turn things around last year. Have you seen the way Blake, Nell has been, Blake Snell has been pitching? I, and and we know he, he kills the Dodgers. I mean, he he's pitching really good, but they're, they have the same problem Dodgers had prior to. Their bullpen's killing them. Their bullpen is what's killing them. La Reina is the only one that agrees with me. She's chiming in. The Padres run on spite in the second half. I wish it wasn't true. Look, I hope you guys are right, and I will gladly give you guys your points once the show pods get eliminated. I mean, but, right now, if you're looking at the division, you should be worried about the Giants, right? What are they, like two games back? I'm worried about everybody. I'm worried about the Giants. I'm worried about the, the Dodgers are playing the Diamondbacks next week. They got two games against them. I mean, and then they end the season up in San Francisco. I hope it doesn't get to that point where you, you, they go up to San Francisco and the division is still up for grabs. Even if the Padres made a run, they're not going to catch the Dodgers. I think that's that's out of reach. They, yeah, they have a shot at the the wild card, but like you said, they're still right. catching some other teams. Like the Cubs have been hot. The Cubs stay hot. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of teams in that wild card race. So that's that's why I see it difficult for it to happen. But I mean, and the Padres all, have just been. So inconsistent, like Roger said, you know, when they're pitching well, they're not hitting well. And that's the, kind of the combination that they have right now is they're not scoring as many runs. And then they're also not pitching well. And they haven't been able to put up consistency in their in the win column and getting enough win, wins to create a win streak. And that's kind of what they need at this point in the season to catch not just the Dodgers, but those wildcard teams like we mentioned. But, you know, they run on spite, but like this is a deadline where any sensible GM would have sold off assets that could have replenished their farm system. So, you know, you're looking at the Padres like, yeah, they're going all in right now, but like this may be like their make or break year. And we may start seeing like it get rough in the next two or three years for them. The the thing is this, it is this, the schedule the Dodgers have in the next two weeks, they need to take advantage because the Diamondbacks have been free falling the Giants were losing a little bit. If the Dodgers, I mean, look, the Dodgers had, they were lucky that they didn't go 0-6 on this last homestand. They could have very easily gotten swept by the uh, Azulejos and the Rojos. If they would have won those series, their lead grows. I mean, they had a chance to put a lot more distance between the Gigantes and the Diamondbacks between them, right? So they got three against the Athletics of Oakland. They got a tough four-game series down against the show pods. And then they got two games against the Diamondbacks. And then they got four against the Rockies. They got to beat up on the Athletics. And they got to beat up on the Rockies. They need to take advantage of that. And what I'm concerned about is with J.D. Martinez going down, we've talked about this many times. This lineup to me is top-heavy. So losing J.D. Martinez, now the lineup gets a little like it's – it's Will Smith, it's Mookie, it's Federico. Mookie has this nagging ankle thing. I don't know, you know, because Mookie was starting, now his bat was starting to slow down. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, you know, and Mookie's a streaky guy. So if all of a sudden the offense who was carrying this pitching staff goes to shit, I mean, we're going to find ourselves in a dogfight till the end of the season. So none of you have those concerns. Am I just the only one that's saying the house is on fire? I have I mean, the concerns. It's just not just not with the Padres. <laughs> no, I mean they they easily they could they could easily be on a seven game losing streak, right? They lost that last game on the road, then they came yeah. home, and that still that whole that whole you know first six games at home. Yeah, I, I didn't feel there was something missing, like. They just didn't look the same like they did on the road trip. Like they played really good on the, the road trip to Baltimore and New York and, and Texas, right? And I didn't feel that at home. And I don't know if that has 
maybe it had something to do with the trade deadline, right? There was speculation, hey, Max Muncy might get traded. Hey, Chris Taylor might get traded. I mean, I don't know. That gets into the players' heads and kind of puts them on edge, everybody, the entire team. Because like you said, like, hey, we might be losing these guys that have been part of our club for many years now. And maybe just put it now, maybe with the trade, trade deadline passing now, they kind of get back to, to where they're at. But, you know, you're right. I mean, they got to sleep this, this series against the, the, the A's and then, you know, go and get a split in San Diego possible. And then, like you said, just beat up on those teams that, that they need to beat up on and just continue to fill out, you know, finish out the season. Or these guys are playing hurt. There's Mookie's ankle. I don't know how healthy Chris Taylor is with that knee. A while back, they were saying, you know, that the knee was still bothering him, but so many people were hurt. You know, they needed Chris Taylor out there to play. You know, now you got JD Martinez's hamstring issue. I've just, I, it's the time of year. It's the dog days of August, right? It's the long season. Now you got these injuries. I, I just, uh, I, I guess to your point here, the trade deadline is always the point where we get some reinforcements to help us get to, to the end of the season. Look, I think they have enough to win the division. I really do. But I, I, this one's just a tough, for, a tough one for me in this trade deadline because, yeah, I would have liked to have gotten Giolito, but I don't know if I'm going to give up all that stuff for Giolito. And that's the real issue is this like, there wasn't anybody out there. Like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable giving up all those assets for Verlander. Did any of you guys feel comfortable like giving up all that stuff for Verlander or even Scherzer? No, I thought maybe the idea of the Mets paying a majority of the salary. I I don't think that even mattered to LA like salary didn't salary was the one trade like the team that could have traded for either of those guys that it didn't matter. The Mets were just doing it because it, it makes the package back better. And that's yeah. what the Mets are building for. So that's the reason why they probably walked in. They said, all right, we'll pay almost half or mo- most of his salary just to get him off the books. And then you can have him. We just want Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Michael Bush. And I don't think the Dodgers were okay with that. I think they would rather have held on to those arms. And you saw that with the bunch of trades. Like they said, Dylan Cease. The price was astronomically high, you know, a bunch of these pitchers. So they settled with kind of probably the worst starting pitcher that was on the trade block, <laughs> and that was Lance Lynn. And, yeah. you know, they solved some of the issue because he is an innings eater, but he's not the ace that everybody wanted. But I just – you, you got to 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 the point we've made before is that, yes, you want to trade these prospects to get big league talent, but you don't want to destroy the process that – they've built and what they've built in the farm system unless it's for the right pieces and i i think this trade deadline was yeah there were some stars out there but it wasn't like how it was before where we had like in 2017 get it going for you darvish i thought that was great in 2018 it was kind of 2018 similar to this year they didn't really buy much and that's kind of how they kind of scraped by and still went to the world series but if there's no big names and you don't think you can get those guys, like you're not going to break the team for that. Well, 18 was a Machado here. So, that well, that's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Blue 22 has a, a good question here. And, and I've been asked this question. And so, who do you think was in the Erod trade that didn't go through? I have a feeling Michael Bush was in that trade. I, yeah. For, with the prices, the way pitch, starting pitching was giving, was going. I think Michael Bush was in that trade. And again, I'm on record. The Dodgers dodged a bullet uh, on Erod because I don't think Erod would have pitched well for the Dodgers. The fact that he didn't want to be on the West Coast and the fact that he did not pitch well outside of the AL Central. But hey, you know, there's a reason why Andrew Friedman and the rest of those guys have that job. And I'm sitting here talking into this microphone. You know, they saw probably something there that they thought it, it could translate. But I have a feeling, Michael Bush, I'd be very surprised if any of the Dodgers pitching prospects were in that deal for Erod because it it seemed like it was an overpay. And this is just the hard the hard thing in this deadline is, yes, the Dodgers needed pitching. I wish they would have gotten pitching. But do you overpay? You got to as I mean, think about it, guys. Think as Friedman, think as a GM. Your responsibility is not only to win now, but you also got to think about the future. 
So if you have an opportunity to improve this team in the offseason or in the future, you have to consider it. So if you're going to use all your trade chips, I'm also, you know, curious now, Blue 22, I'm throwing it out there. I wonder if Cartaya was in that deal for Erod. Because I really think now this trade line, trade deadline was the time to trade Cartaya because I just think his value is going to keep going down from this point unless he turns things around. I think I think it would have been too much. So maybe a Grove or a Cartaya would maybe I think in the Erod deal. Um, right. Yeah. So let me clarify. It was either Cartaya or Bush, not the two of them together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only the only way I was comfortable trading some of these guys was wasn't an Arnado deal. If they would have packaged yes. him with like Montgomery or Flattery, like yeah. Yeah. I would have been okay with Sheehan and and you know Bush and and moving some of those guys except Bobby Miller. I think that's the only way. I think everything else is too high for moving some of the Dodger top prospects. Nothing else out there would entice me to move those guys. And I think that's like the only time that they really make those types of trades is when not only are they getting impact players now, but they're getting controllable impact players. Like the trade that we keep bringing up is the Max Scherzer trade Turner trade was really smart on the Dodgers end because not only do they get a pitcher that they desperately needed that year, they also got a controllable shortstop that they got for a year and a half. And they knew Seager was most likely going to walk because he like maybe he didn't vibe with the West coast and he wanted to go back closer to home or, but they knew he, if, if he did leave, they had the backup option, which was at the time, arguably the second best shortstop or maybe the best shortstop in baseball. So, and similar to what Roger said, the only time I would have been okay if they gave up these really good prospects is if it was for Arenado. If they got Arenado and like a pitcher and another and another like one of their outfielders that was packaged along, then I would be I would be enticing to give up the top guys. Like I would have thrown maybe Bobby Miller's name out there, Emma Chi and all of them. But if that's not available, then they're not gonna make those deals for a rental. Well I I'd seen also some stuff people wondering like why don't you test like someone like Gonsolin out there, see what you might get for a Gonsolin, you know. Yeah, and seeing if, if you know he's controllable and you can get some assets for that, they could use for something else. But I think some team would have overpaid for Gonsolin because some of these teams do need pitching. And but I just feel like the Dodgers value Gonsolin still. The fans may hate him, but you know, <laughs> Gonsolin's been a pretty dependable pitcher. Um, even though he doesn't go deep into games, he's he has a really good track record for his stats. You know, they, they could be misleading to some guys, but you know, he's still got a really good career track record. Um, so I'm going to bet with him, but they could have definitely gotten something for him. But if they traded Gonsolin, I feel like a lot more fans would have been mad because then they're like, all right, we need pitching, but you traded away one of our actual healthy pitchers. So uh, it could have gone either way with that one. I think Crass951, you have a very Dylan Cease. If Dylan Cease was available, I would have included Cartaya in a deal for Cease. I just think the White Sox were asking for a lot more than just Cartaya. I, I think it would have been Michael Bush there. I, I think the issue at him is all these teams knew the Dodgers were desperate. And because the Dodgers were desperate, these teams were very comfortable asking for the moon for these and making unrealistic demands to in calling out the Dodgers on their bluff. Let's see if the Dodgers will do this. And luckily there's a guy like Andrew Friedman who, you know, likes to win deals and is not going to make a bad deal. So, I think, I think pretty much, I think pretty much every conversation started with with Bobby Miller. I think every, every team, hey, you want Cease? Bobby Miller. Hey, you want Arnado? Bobby Miller. I think even even the other guys, like everybody was asking for Bobby Miller, and Dodgers weren't going to do that. Look, if I was a GM on another team, I would have done the same thing. You guys are desperate. You guys are coming to me. So let me see what I'll, I'll get away with. It's like, yeah, I want that Ferrari. Give me the Ferrari. What, you mentioned the, it a couple episodes back. You said, you know, at, the Dodgers are at a disadvantage because compared to years past, they're at, yeah, they've had struggles in previous years, but this is the year where they're like, we desperately need help. So they're actively going to multiple teams when before it was usually sellers that were saying, hey, we really like your prospects. Do you want this so-and-so guy? But now it's the other way around. So these teams were saying, you know what, Dodgers got really good farm system. Let's get them for what they're worth. So that's basically what happened. 
Uh, Pablo, I agree with you. I think you joined the the live late because we had that conversation. We think that's going to happen in the offseason. Yeah, these prospects didn't go during this trade deadline because I just don't think the value in what you were getting when the return is back. But I can definitely see the Dodgers trading these prospects in the offseason. But it's all going to stem from what happens with Otani. You know, it's all going to stem from how can they approve. But I think it has gotten to the point where at least with certain prospects in this organization, if you are not going to bring them up, if you're not going to give them every day in bats, then they do need to go. They I mean, why? It's only like Cody said, you got to be fair to the prospects, too. And it's like, look, these guys would be in the major leagues in any other organization they should have an opportunity to be major leaguers and fulfill their dreams. So if you're just going to keep them down there, you should get rid of them. So yeah, it didn't happen in this trade deadline, but keep an eye in the off season. I think maybe that's where you might see some deals. Who knows? Maybe this is the beginning of a conversation about Arenado, but it all stems from the ghost of Otani. It's all with whatever Otani, what after the Otani situation, is resolved. That's when we're going to go ahead and, and see some real moves. So it is now three fifty-seven. It is almost four o'clock. No other news, right, Babyface? No, I think that's that's going to do a wrap on it. So it looks like that's what we got. The final tally, guys, at this trade deadline is going to be Kike Hernandez, Ahmad Rosario, Ahmed Rosario, excuse me, Joe Kelly. Lance Lynn, Ryan Yarborough. That's what's going to take the Dodgers to the end of the season. And when they get into the postseason, you guys better hope one of those guys turns into Hershiser because it's, it's going to be tough uh, for me. And you're going to start hearing the conversation. They punted this season away. You know, Mookie's getting older. Federico's getting older. Kershaw's getting older at, Come the playoffs, if the Dodgers don't win the World Series, I'm, I'm letting you know right now, it's going to be like, why didn't they go for it? Why didn't they go for it? But who knows? Uh, but I'm very curious. Cody was very level-headed and said, we can't be mad at Friedman. We can't be mad at Friedman. But I, I'm telling I think the fans are going to be upset. And if we can see it already on, on the live here. Um, so we got to go because Babyface is going to go talk to Dave Roberts. So, baby, make sure you guys follow the Bleed Lows podcast because I can't wait to see how Dave Roberts handles the questions uh, about the moves, the pictures they got. And I know they're going to ask him, you guys didn't make a big uh, acquisition for the pitching deadline. But I want to thank everybody for joining us. We got to go. Babyface is at Dodger Stadium. He's got to go talk to Dave Roberts. Um, this, uh, once again, yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, Cody Snavely and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Loves Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.